Welcome to Through the Island Podcast. First, a trade deadline road report with co-host Corporate Mike. Uh, 300 IQ Militia, Through the Island Podcast, Corporate Mike checking in. Trade deadline came and went today. I am in Switzerland, Aru, Switzerland, playing, um, just played uh, maybe an hour ago, hour and a half. It's, uh, what time is it here? It's like 4.30 there, so it's like 10.30 here. Um, so here's the thing. No trades from the Islanders today, but we've got two big deadline moves. One that came early in Bo Horvat that, for what it's worth, he's been playing really well. And had Matt Barzell gone down without... We, we talked about this. We talked about this when I checked in from uh, Germany uh, last week. Uh, got my guitars back, by the way. And the Islanders won a couple games. And that's that's my point, right? Bo Horvat, what a, what a deal. What an accusation by Lou... And then he goes out and trades for the most handsome player available, uh, Engvall. And so here's the deal. I, I like Engvall at, at uh, trying him at, at the top wing spot. I, I've got this thing in my head, right? About, I, I, I've, because I, I don't wanna, I don't wanna talk about the avalanche, but I, 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 I see this Valenichuskin thing I've, I've seen it up close, and I feel like we've got a situation that could turn into that should this guy resign and have a big playoff. All right, I, I, I feel like my brain's all over the place right now. Let, let, let's, let's start over. Two big trades that the Islanders made, and in my opinion, they, they, they gave up a couple pieces in that Horvat trade, but we're not going to worry about that. We already, we already talked about that last week, right? We're happy. We're happy. I like the depth move. Yes, the D could be addressed, but you know what? They it it, it, it didn't it didn't work out. What are you gonna do? Um, I feel good. I really do. I feel really good. I feel like this team has a little bit of juice behind it. I feel like Brock Nelson's firing on all cylinders. Bo Horvat's been unbelievable. I feel like they've got the defensive structure back, especially after that Bruins game. I feel like these guys are playing through adversity. They know that everyone's counting them out. All of the noise has been about the uh, the frauds in the city and the fucking and the fraud and the frauds in New Jersey for what it's worth. I'd like to see that goaltending in the playoffs. And you know what? I don't want to. I don't want to make this. I don't want to make this anything negative. I don't. I really don't. I'm happy. I'm happy, and I think that the Islanders are going to roll here. I'm sure the guys are going to talk about what what could have been done or, uh, you know, what they had envisioned, what their general vibe is. But my vibe is good. My vibe is real good. I feel really good about this team. And I think they're going to they're going to rip off some wins here and they're going to stay in that wild card spot. I don't know about you, but I think it might be wild card one. That's what I'm thinking. Um, anyway, I don't know. Uh, uh, I'll, I think that the next um, next pod might be me. Me and Dez, I think we're, we're we have an off day in a couple weeks uh, between Spain and Portugal, something like that. Oh, Portugal and France. So um, I don't know, man. I'll, I'll I'll let's let's see how they're doing in a week or so. 
but I feel really good. And you know what? You know what else? Thank God they did not trade Scott Mayfield. Thank God they did not trade Semyon Varlamov. Two huge pieces. If these guys are going to go on a run, those two guys need to be huge. Let's go Islanders. Let's go Islanders. Let's go Islanders. 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 Long Island. What's up, Music, 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 music. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I, I, I don't have time really to edit this. I have trained to catch, folks. This is the Sven Butenshan edition, episode fifty-two. Um, <laughs> through the island. It's a trade deadline. It literally is just the trade. It's three o two right now. Uh, I am joined by Christian Beal. Hello, the hello, meme. Hello. The meme master, all the all the bangers that you see have been made by this man, by this artist here. I'm very proficient with Photoshop CS5. And uh, so, so as we know, Mike is uh, Mike's on the road right now. He's 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 crossing the globe. I uh, I believe we'll probably be kicking off with another. You probably already heard a cold open message from him. Uh, he hasn't sent it yet. Update his thoughts, but. Uh, but we are here, we're dressed, and uh, as of now, there hasn't been a last second Isles move. Um, maybe just some brief uh, housekeeping. Since our last episode, the Islanders went 2-1-1, one, and one. two wins against the, the Jets, a really brutal loss of the, the last ever, I think, good Jonathan Quick performance um, as a king. And uh, a shootout loss to the Wild. What um, a loss it was. Yeah, five points. Five points. Not ideal. Really wanted wanted eight. Felt like needed at least six. But as has been the case, seemingly this last little stretch, they're being they're they're doing adequately well enough, and the scoreboard watching has not you know it hasn't been a nightmare for them it, it seems like each night um seems like each night they get one bad result and two good ones as far as the like teams that are chasing them but uh how have you felt about this last little week uh and and i guess the vibe of the team heading into the trade deadline uh slightly more positive than i was feeling prior uh to be honest i think that uh the team's been playing with a bit of a different energy since Horvat arrived. Um, and despite uh, Barzell's injury, I think the team has been playing well. Um, I think that even that shootout loss and, you know, even with the way the team has struggled in the shootout uh, so far this year, I thought that that was a well-played game for the most part. Um, you'll take the point. Obviously you need the point. Um, and I think, uh, I think a lot of the talk around the team being cooked with Barzell going down uh, helped to serve to invigorate the room a little bit. And I think uh, the Islanders, the Islanders from the Trotz era until now, and maybe even a bit prior, seem to perform the best when they uh, buy into the like pesky underdog uh, mentality fully. And I feel like there's a bit of that uh, bubbling up right now. Um, so I'm feeling okay. 
How about you? Yeah, I mean, so I, I'm feeling okay. It, it's uh, it's just one of those things where I am. I look at the lineup, I look at how they're playing, and I just feel like something. Eventually, I, I worry that eventually it's gonna it's gonna start looking like uh, the team does on paper. Like like uh, yes. the, the the Kings game felt like this team looked like what they are on paper mm -hmm. where they, they just were not getting much of anything in and they were, you know, getting fucked by some questionable uh, Lane Lambert decisions. Like, uh, like the fourth line after that goal. Yep. Against, yeah. Yep. Uh, or, or I think, and there was one before. Yeah. The, the, the allotment before uh, I think the second goal just, uh, I just worry that that uh, the eventually the the clock's going to strike twelve and and they're gonna they're gonna look as they do on paper. Um, and also, I it's weird. So I feel this has kind of been the story of the season with all the fucking idiots like like Bissonette talking about how like the Islanders are boring because they play shutdown hockey, with the exception of. I would say the the I guess three of the four games this week in general I think the defense has been better but mm -hmm. there's still plenty of Sorokin having to make uh, a save of the year. Yes, I think any, anybody going to the shutdown hockey thing uh, is just demonstrating that they have not been watching the team this season at all. Yeah, yeah, because you know what's weird is is I feel. I feel like the the forward depth has has shown a surprising amount of uh, of fortitude and and depth throughout this season, but the defense has been worrisome. And uh, like you know, with, with the forwards, it's just interesting. Like all these guys that were just you know random draft picks, names that were just like figments of our imagination for mm -hmm. years, have come in and to varying levels. Um, Given you something like yeah, Simon Holmstrom. Yes. Holmstrom's been good. It, it, the verdict's still out on how much offense you can get out of him, but he's been good. That that goal, um, that game winner was fucking awesome. Beautiful. Um, he ju he just got his ass handed to him in the corner, mm. and then pops right back up and finds some some open space. Um, Durando has just been Durando's been good. I, I keep calling him. He's the to me. He's a he's a Beauvillier with no expectations. Mm -hmm. It's a fast guy that I'm not sure that the hands are particularly great, but um, he I think I think his his um, well time will tell. Obviously, we've only seen a couple weeks of him, but I think it seems like his hockey IQ might be better than than Bo's, um, even if his skill level maybe is, is below it and. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, it's uh, that that's been great to see, um, but the uh, and he's not a draft pick, but Hudson Fashing has just been like an awesome, Agreed. um, another just clutterbuck replacement. Um, mm -hmm. but the defense, you know, it, so I do believe, like we said all season, no, there's no way that all these everybody is having a down year. Every single person has regressed. Yeah, it's impossible. Like I, I just don't, I just don't believe it. It's too early for for these guys, and it just doesn't. It just 
it just doesn't stand to reason that it's not systems related. However, I'm also starting to wonder if they're banged up just because it it doesn't make sense. The amount of the amount of time they get hemmed in their own end because they they ju- they miss a pass and like it just takes them too long mm-hmm. to get to the puck. They're constantly getting beat to pucks and uh, and they're not seemingly strong enough to muscle guys. The amount of goals like I just get a pit in my stomach every single time the other team has a puck at like a 45 degree angle from the point and you see like three layers of screens. Mm-hmm. So that's been the concern point. And, and I guess uh, unless there's, I'm not really sure there's many specifics regarding their play that are worth getting into. I guess one thing that's caught my eye before we get into trade talk and, and maybe the deadline in general and how we feel about this team, you know, um, this team's chances or this seems this seems playoff probabilities and how they'll look if they actually make it. Um, just specifically something that I've noticed since Barzell's been out. One is uh, like Horvat's ability to hunt. It, it's just inj- Horvat's one of Paul these guys Count. that yeah, he's one of these guys that we've heard like don't watch a lot of Canucks games have heard of him for the longest time, but have not seen much of him. Did not know what type of, you know, oh, this is a guy to look out for type of guy he is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when it comes to Islanders defensemen not being able to catch pucks in their own end, Horvat in the offensive zone, just fucking all, like, whenever a puck is rimmed around to the opposite side, he is always, he's either outright outright beating the defenseman mm-hmm. or, bot, like, you know, gets yeah. positioning on them. And and comes away with the puck, and it's just uh, it it's really it's it's really awesome to see him do it, and it's awesome to see him do it independent of uh, of Barzal being. Yes, mm-hmm. I found his uh, his ability to make the most of whatever open ice is available at a given moment, whatever he's being given, and capitalize on that. I found that really impressive, game after game. It's it, it it really is. He very much to me feels like to like a to the, the Tavares type that they lost. Maybe maybe not as like highest end IQ term in terms of, of hockey or, or vision, mm-hmm. but in general that like competency just around like top of the circles in, winning pucks in the corner. He's definitely a better skater. For um sure. But uh, and uh, and the passion that he seems to fucking have, like yeah. every time he, he scores, he seems a little stronger on the puck too, physically. Yeah, yeah. He, I, he, I mean, he, he just seems like a little like more Sturdier. built. Yeah, yeah. More of a more of a. He's not a, a chungus per se. No, he's chung, he, chungus adjacent, maybe. Yeah, yeah. But he's been good, and and you know what more can be said about Brock Nelson and uh, and that, and that second line in general. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm here for the the Brock Nelson glow up. I love it. So fun. We were talking about it in the chat, but it's like it is weird. I, I can't think of a guy that I don't think it's to to the extent, but like, and and he also might be older than this player was when they made, had their big ascension. But Brad Marchand was like a good player, more mm-hmm. of a pest player, 
then I remember when he signed like his like first big deal in like 2016, there was like a, Hmm, we'll see how this pans out. And he yeah. instantly was like, Level like up. that. That's a, this is just the, like the first time since then that I can, or that's the last player that I could think of. He's ever the first player in the Islanders that's had this much of like a, a rise, um, like later in career, like post, you know, mm-hmm. 25, 26. Um, Paul Mary's looked good. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, and Parise, man, it's like, it's clear. He's just like, he's playing as hard as he can. Cause he knows he wants to get to the playoffs and, and who knows how much the popcorn God, Andrew Gross um, <laughs> is just speculating or if he's, gotten a bit of a vibe uh, uh if it's a infor- educated guess um but he said there's no guarantee that that zach is he said like sure the islands would love to have him but there's no guarantee that zach wants to play next year and mm-hmm. part of me wonders if he's like he's 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 em- he looks as good as he he does now because he he's em- emptying the tank he's emptying the tank entirely so but those are the only things that have come to mind as like specific players that feel like anything new because Ilya's God still, um, Mm -hmm. the defense, I mean the defense, like, I guess, and the particular worry spot, like for me, Pelic Pulak, I'm just, I treat them both as Pelic injury Pulak. I'm hoping whatever he had last year that took him three months to recover from that was originally supposed to be like a four to six week thing. I'm hoping that's not like a, A we we look back and see like, he changed after that injury. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like keeping that in my mind is like, okay, whatever. They were like, they were the star people, star defensive pupils, like project pupils of trots. Mm-hmm. It would, it stands to reason they may have the longest well, uh, yeah. turnaround adjustment period. Yeah. Yeah. But, okay. um, well, well g- given, uh, the topic of the defenseman, and given that we are now 15 minutes beyond the trade deadline to pivot this to trade talk, are you surprised that Lou did not do something to uh, bolster the defense or bring in another like serviceable NHL level talent? Especially given the fact that like I don't know somebody like Gossespierre, you know, got traded for a third round pick. Um, and granted, the draft is deeper this year. We were talking about it earlier. Um, but you know, a second round pick might be the equivalent this year might be the equivalent of a first round pick next year because the draft is so deep. Um, but you know, a third round pick for, you know, a reliable defenseman that isn't Aho, uh, and isn't falling on his butt the whole game might, uh, might have served the team. Well, are you personally surprised that there was not a, uh, move to bolster the defense? So I'm looking really quick. It's funny you you asked that because right right as you were asking that, I have the ESPN Plus feed on and and there was a trade alert and it showed the Anaheim Ducks and I'm like, okay, there are a couple players that the Islanders could be interested in. It's not an Islander trade, but it is uh, John Klingberg to uh, to to Minnesota. And so mm-hmm. one of the things that I think about looking, let me see what what dra- picks the Islanders have. So in 2023, the Islanders do have a second rounder. That's good. That's the only pick they have in the first three rounds this upcoming year. Mm. I think, I think the thing is like Goss Despair was a guy that was interesting to me as a depth move. Um, To me, the fact that, that 
they didn't trade for him speaks to some level of they know they they don't want to not have a pick until the yes. fourth round, mm-hmm. and therefore, if they're trading it for something, um, they they they'd want it to be more than a twenty game thing. More than a twenty game thing, and it's a circular thing there where it's like teams if the, a player of that caliber is likely a player that you wouldn't really get for a second rounder. Absolutely not a second rounder by itself. Mm-hmm. Um, I also wonder stylistically if the thought was like Shane Gossis bear is so bad in his own end that um, it's, it's not worth they're, they're not of like the belief that he is good enough to remedy the, uh... to, to remedy it. And, uh, and, um, and, and then after that, like after that, the thought was Chikrin, as we've seen, um, they've cleared out, you know, they've had, they had around six mil of, of cap space. Um, and the thought was, okay, what are they going to make a move for? And when I looked at like after Gossis Bear is gone and after they, they missed out on Chikrin, which seems like that was another thing where they it feels like they were always going to be outbid mm-hmm. on, on Chikrin. I'm not. I'm not all the way up to date on what the, the what the chicken return was, but uh, after that, like outside of that, there really wasn't anything all that interesting. Like I was looking at Dmitry Kulikov, Penguins got him. I literally just know he's a name of a guy that's been in the league of some prominence, mm-hmm. but of no notoriety. So it's like maybe he's a maybe he's a solid defenseman. I don't know. Yeah. But like he might be Erica Branson adjacent, you know. So I I don't know. Another guy that I th- I thought was interesting was Ethan Bear. Um yes. but Did he end up getting moved. Who's who knows? Right now it's right now it's 319. So I'm gonna just check Popcorn God's tw- uh, Twitter just to see where we're we're at, period. He hasn't said anything. He's just uh Somebody like tweeted at him, Isles Crickets. And he said, I mean, Horvat and Engvall, who we'll get into. Yes. But yes, unless something late is in the hopper, no other deals for the Isles. So does that surprise so, you? It doesn't I, really surprise me. It doesn't I surprise me. that coming, yeah. I felt like it was coming because on one hand on one hand, the you know, the 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 sending down of Holmstrom and and our and Duranda, who actually was sent down, not paper sent down. Yeah. And Koivula, who just it absolutely sucks. Um, but uh, I guess um, his face-off percentage is, is what's kept him up. I have no fucking clue. But uh, but you know, I it, it seemed like they were, they were clearing money, right? Mm-hmm. And it was like one of those things. Okay, Chikrin didn't happen, and then after that, I I felt like the only name that kind of fit this twenty six to like twenty nine. Like really particular niche that they're looking looking at age wise, mm-hmm. um, impact wise was like was Brock Besser, but if if Barzell's a right winger now, if you have Paul Mary for two more years, if Besser also is injury prone like like Paul Mary now has become, um, and you you know more or less I don't think. Like Oliver Wallstrom to me is a guy that I've wondered if he's going to get traded because if they were to get anything, he's a guy of some recent notoriety that mm. 
I could see a team take turn. Yeah. But the fact that he hasn't really lit it up and he's, he's had a, a, like a season ending injury. Mm-hmm. It was one of those things where cap space alone, you know, didn't necessarily mean they were going to do something, you know, Brock Besser again, so Besser would have been interesting, but the fit when everybody's healthy, I'm not sure about unless one of those guys is going back in the deal. Um, and like I said, the the defenseman, it was like with Bear, like I, part of me was like, okay, maybe they get Besser and Bear from Vancouver and they'll make the money work. Maybe Bailey goes back. But it's like, to me, that's such a busy deal. And it's also, it feels like if that shit would have happened, I feel like tires would have been kicked mm-hmm. on that when they Before, made the Horvat right. deal. Yeah, for sure. So ultimately, I'm not, I'm not surprised. It's just, uh, like to, cause to me, anything else, like if they, if they got Kulikov, I would have been like, all right, let's see how it goes. But mm-hmm. I'm not like, the, there really wasn't anything that was overall appealing to me. Max Domi was a guy that like people were talking about, but I don't think that's a guy that Lou wanted to extend. Mm-hmm. So I'm not surprised that they didn't get him. What about you? Um, I'm not shocked at all. I, I felt it, uh, I felt the Stan Pat uh, signing coming. And again, I mean, they 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 did get Horvat, the guy that would have probably been the biggest the biggest name in terms of mm-hmm. who is having the best season and being traded. Yeah, and I also think that uh, is it fair to say that Horvat was the first big domino of this deadline? Oh, for sure. Um, okay, uh, I do think that the return. Um, the return that Vancouver got for, uh, Horvat looks even better for Lou in retrospect of the way that the rest of the, uh, trade deadline turned out. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, that's not to be surprised. I think that people were, especially because they had nothing to compare it to, just wanted to jump on Lou, Mm -hmm. but, um, you know, it's, it's, so he he made that move, which was huge. I mean, yes. and then extended him, like so mm-hmm. to like be like, okay, but what else is like a bit fucking stupid, especially in context of like there was one guy defensively mm-hmm. that they could get, and realistically, I, I think something that's very interesting after this deadline, and I think we may even have to see what happens in the summer because I'm not sure if there's other defensemen that are are not in as prominent a uh, uh, you know publicized situation as uh, as Chikrin, but mm-hmm. is there another that age that quality defenseman on a shitty team that's like I want out I've been here long enough I don't know but if yeah. there is it's, it's not my business to know if there is part of me wonders if uh, I don't think they should do it but just part of me wonders I I'm curious where the organization feels about Noah Dobson right now mm-hmm. with the, with the defensive regression this season, the defensive regression and like the, he had all those goals in the beginning of the season, but like, let me, let me look at his stat line. Now he hasn't, I feel like the, the, if he's gotten points, they feel very much of the empty calorie type. Variety, yeah. Because it's like, I can't. So he's at, 
12 goals, 24 assists, 36 points. And I feel like at least like eight or nine of those goals were like in the first month, month and a half of the season. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's been really quiet for him. And, and part of me is just, I think like, I think it's, it's fine. He's fucking how, how young is this? He's that's, 20. That's the thing. He's young. It's just, to me, it's a growing he, pains. He just tw- he, coaching yeah. change, like systems change. It's growing pains. He just turned 23. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm of the mind that nobody that likes you when you're 23. Nobody likes you, but I, but we're, 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 we're going to hold on to you, Noah, while you're 23. Yes. Um, I, I just, there's a thing that there's just part of me that's just cur- curious about that by virtue of the Islanders were in on Chikrin for so long. And obviously you want to have multiple players, right? But it feels like if they were to get a Chikrin, it would make more sense to make him your feature offensive defenseman mm-hmm. and and devote the money to him, devote the focus to him. Um rather than have him and Dobson. I feel like that, that would be a little bit Redundant, of an awkward, yeah. be a little awkward. So that's just something that, that I kind of have in mind, but that's, that's something that, yeah, I, they were not going to, again, don't think they should, they should trade him um, mm-hmm. at all, but, but that's just something that I, I have in mind. I was wondering if, if they were going to make a move for a, I know Gudis was on the, on the block, but that's a team that like, it's so hard to tell. That's a team that's not that. If the Islanders, who are in a playoff spot now, a couple of weeks ago were like seemed dead in the water. Mm-hmm. Now are now are are you know looking pretty confident. Um, who knows? Although every every week counts. So the the difference the difference in that time the the Capitals gave up on their season. So mm-hmm. you know I I uh, I don't know, but it it, it feels like. Uh, like they wouldn't necessarily be good trade partners in season with the Panthers. I could see that maybe in the off season. Cause I know they have a cap crunch coming and it feels like maybe, you know, trading for a, a Reinhardt or something um, for them to get for the Panthers to alleviate some cap issues um, might be a thing, but like, I, yeah, I don't, I'm not, I'm not all that surprised. Also, like we said, they have done things, and the second move he made, the Engvall trade. Yes. Do you have much of an opinion on 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 this? Like uh, outside of like the trusting the charts and the and the the Twitter clips that you've seen? Uh, not particularly. Uh, this is one time that we will uh, default to the chart boys. I believe. Um, I don't have enough of a basis of uh, knowledge or understanding about him to feel away until i see him play a bit you know yeah yeah it and it seems like this fits because one of the things we've been like we, we've talked about is like okay cool with horvat now thinking about like define what the core is for this team what contracts still are left to be um extended for this team and uh it's been like okay what more can they add Maybe it's not going to be another flashy, high, yeah, like high end guy. Maybe it's it's more like good glue guys. What I've said before that the Kuleman type yes. would be great. The what what I've gotten, I I tweeted that a lot, what a lot of people have said is actually he's not. Even though he's built, it's actually bigger than Kuleman. 
Mm-hmm. He's six five. He actually he's more of a finesse player that just has not had the space in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that is one thing that I am a slightly uh, wary of. I've seen a lot of uh, people who've watched Engvall play a lot talk about how he plays an incredibly soft game, doesn't use his body or his size, despite the fact that he possesses it. And I even saw some people saying like. You know, people who are expecting Angval to become a more complete or fully realized player at this segment and like juncture of his career are like, you know, it's a pipe dream, essentially. Like he is who he is. And, you know, but there is the part of me that wonders like, all right, the Islanders being the like, you know, on on paper being the grind you down, uh, you know, chip and uh, chip and chase type uh you know, trots, trotsian, trots-esque uh, team. Like, is that a thing that will help uh, encourage that sort of element uh, in his game? Because I feel like uh, that criticism that's being levied against him is also a criticism that gets levied against Toronto's team and Toronto's structure as a whole in general. Um, yeah, yeah. So I think it'll well, be interesting. And- Reflection of room, you know, mm-hmm. a player being the reflection of room. I think, I mean, think about the, the Islanders whole thing. The best player is their room. Like that's yes. what they, that, that's what, that's kind of been like the motto. It's thankfully changing now with, you know, Sorokin and, and Horvat, but uh, that's been kind of the, 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 the leading principle. And I yes. think I, I, I'd like to think, and they only traded um, a third rounder for him. And I think this mm-hmm. is, this is worthwhile. This seems like a player they'd like to extend. So it seems like a trial run. If it works, if, if they like him and, if, and they feel he fits, sign him for like $3 million or something like that. And, mm-hmm. um, and something, uh, a thing that people pointed out, I think that he also, I think he's able to play all three positions, which, which is very interesting just in terms of, it's great just in hockey because of versatility with injuries. Yes. And something that's going to be really curious is 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 what happens with uh with how they've looked since he's been out. I'm really like I'm really curious if any consideration they had of like, you know what, maybe we'll trade Pajot this summer just to make the the money easier and to bring in a mm-hmm. more expensive guy. I think with how they've looked without him, I think I think they they might try to explore ways to not lose him. But if they were to trade him, mm-hmm. Engvall, Engvall as the 3C beats some of the, like, well, we'll see if this works type ideas that's that's going to be available in free agency. Yeah, um, and I, I think that flexibility, positional flexibility that he has is really interesting given the team's current center depth um, because it gives you – that also gives you, like, roster flexibility um, – you know, front office roster flexibility as uh, not necessarily like uh, on ice uh, flexibility. Like it gives you more options to explore losing a center potentially or, you know, uh, shipping out a wing or, you know, that type of thing. Yeah. So, I mean, I like it. I, I, I think it's a good deal. I mean, and like we said with the injuries, like we don't know if, Barzell's gonna, you know, they they said now he's not now he's he's seen not walking around in a cast in a limp, mm-hmm. which is good. But uh, you know, th- 
I don't want him to rush back. But no one wants him to rush back. And he might even even um even rushing back, he might still be like a gate like a a 50-50 chance to to be able to make the last week of the season, which at that point, like are they still are they still trucking along or did they have a rough like two weeks and now they're where the caps, you know, are yes. mentally. Like who knows? So I well, it's it's important to get guys like that that are just straight up skilled pros that you know that they're able to to uh, attain without um mortgaging too much of the future without mortgaging what little assets they have yeah. so islanders really really particular spot and i think all things considered there's nothing there's nothing that i think i'm like overly bummed on cuz like the, yeah. the one guy that i kept thinking about was was gavrikov and then i came to find that all the talk around him is that that's just that was just me looking at profile and thinking a guy would be nice. He's seemingly a guy that's good, but not necessarily worth the assets that were given for him. And the Islanders were not going to have the assets for him. And I don't know that the Islanders would be getting an in-division price, like the same price with an in-division uh, trade partner. Mm-hmm. Okay. So given your overall feeling about the trade deadline, if you had to give it a letter grade, what are you giving Lou for this deadline? Hmm. I think so I think I would give it I think I'd give it an I think I'd give it a B plus. That's exactly where I'm at. Because I do think ultimately somebody more like I, I'm curious. There there are guys that I'm I'm just like curious if, if they add like I'm curious if, if if they if they could have added Bertuzzi, but that's mm-hmm. something that that's a guy that I don't think they're going to probably want to extend for the money that he wants. And that's a guy that I'm, I'm, I don't think fits the room. Mm-hmm. A guy like Domi too. It's just, I'm, I'm curious if there are guys, they could have some of these like middle, middle range guys for that same Engvall reason. So that I never have to see uh, Andy Andreoff or, or uh, Otto Quivula back in the lineup. Free Andy. Ever again. Um, <laughs> um, but it's just I, I think Horvat Horvat's huge. Um Horvat's huge. Engval Engval could be very good. It's just I think it it seems like with 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 how many teams, how many buyers were, were getting decent deals mm-hmm. for for the, the the marquee guys, it seems like there there was with the exception of you know Patrick Kane, which doesn't count. It doesn't count when when a team has zero leverage. Mm-hmm. That does not um count like outside of that there was a lot of for the for the upper echelon guys there was a lot to give and then middle tier it seems like it it wasn't unreasonable i part of me just would have liked would have liked a little more just because it feels like the way they looked in that la game are they that different of a team on paper with pierre engvall like think about Mm -hmm. how they look that game yes how do you avoid that and and I mean and and see the thing is the Minnesota game they played well I think they just got that guy Gustafson I'm not sure if he's a, like a an actual like prospect or or he's, if he's like a a goalie of the future if he if he's their goalie of now he he played his ass off because the Islanders got plenty of good looks and he just got like he 
made the saves. Um, but like part of me is like adding another guy and, and any guy there added helps. So Engvall fits it under that, but still, still would have been nice. Like a guy that I was curious about was uh, Jesse Pugliarvi. But that's just because that's a guy that so many people talk about. But the guy can't fucking finish for the life of him. So if the Islanders are talking yeah. about getting something, on some level, doesn't Engvall seem like a better Pugliarvi? Because at least he's going to get you at least 15 goals. And if he becomes a 20-goal scorer, great. Um, but, yeah, I'm not sure. Was there any guy that you were like, hmm, I really want, I really want this, and you think either didn't get traded um, and and you're curious why they didn't or got traded and you felt the Islanders should have matched? Uh, I thought Gavrikov was interesting. Um, mm-hmm. But other than that, nothing jumps out at me, to be honest. Um, same question to you. Is there is there a particular player that... Yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's like all the guys that... It's... I, I, I tweeted about it, but it's like all the, the Lou cone, cone of silence. We don't, we don't know anything. So it just leaves people to hypothesize and fanfic, yes, which is part of the genius of uh, the cone of silence. It's, it's fun to, and, and so all you can work off of is what has, what he has done. Yes. And most of what he has done is get guys that he wanted to extend. Yes. And for the most part did the has, yes. Or just, a pure vet um vet depth like Zajac or or Coburn. Mm-hmm. Like and to me, I think I think they they didn't see anything that, that fit that. Like yeah, that's the only I, thing. I, I, that I think I can that's think. the thing. Lou you you just must assume it's simply his job to manage the team. Uh, yeah. you know that he was kicking tires and would have made a move if he felt that it benefited the team in a positive way and wasn't just a side grade and it would have been an actual upgrade given whatever assets would have to be surrendered. So again, yeah. the, the the whole silence thing, you're just, you know, it might be it might be like benefit of the doubt or something, but I feel like he delivered enough at this deadline that you have to trust that he explored every avenue to improve the team uh, within reason. And I think that while it would be nice to have an extra, uh, you know, an extra like bit of bolster for the defensive core, especially given, you know, people have been banged up, they're going to continue uh, to get banged up down the stretch because the East is so tight. We're going to get to see a lot of like really rough, tight checking playoff style hockey, like much sooner than we usually do, I think. Um, so I think you're going to see more, you know, fatigue, physical and, you know, emotional down the stretch. It would have been nice to bolster the defensive court a bit, but I think that, you know, if Lou was able to do that in an effective way that, you know, didn't cost too much, he would have. So it's just safest to assume that, you know, that option was explored and it wasn't correct. Yeah. I mean, and, and so I'm on the same page there, I guess um, we're at the 40 minute mark here. What mm-hmm. it's still, I, I'm a, I've pulled up the 
trade tracker. Let's see here. Nah, nothing. Let me see if, if Popcorn God has said anything. While I look, yes. unless, 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 um, unless uh, the old man has pulled off one last trick, what is your favorite non-Islander trade? As in, ooh, that was that was a great move. And what what's your ooh, oof? Oof. Uh, I think my obvious oof needs to be uh, the Tampa trade, giving up an entire draft class essentially. Um, yeah, that that move to me just screams. Oh no, we have to go through Boston in the playoffs, and I don't know. That's wild overpay to me. Um, that's the that's the on paper oof. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the mental and emotional oof is uh, Jonathan Quick being dealt to Columbus. I think that just on a. Uh, general respect in business, business ethics, you know, type of, you know, dynamic. That's not a thing that you do. <laughs> well, if it, if it makes you feel any better, yes. um, he, he did get then, I'm not sure if he got traded yeah, Vegas. So, yeah. But I, I think, I don't know if that was arranged ahead of it, time. It couldn't have been right. It wasn't because I think like there was time. And then I remember seeing one of the reporters talk about like, uh, who knows if it was a reputable one, but mm-hmm. Columbus is trying to do right by yes. Jonathan Quick. And I remember thinking, like, damn, how must it feel to be? Oh, wow. Interesting trade. Flames Flames get Troy Stetcher and Nick Ritchie uh, from the Coyotes for, I don't know, some shit. Troy Stetcher was a guy that I found. That's a guy that I found interesting as kind of a, you know, whatever kind of no event defenseman. Mm-hmm. Um Similar, um, I, I feel like. Uh, oh, and as as I'm scrolling through the, the 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 NHL app trade tracker, just to see, I did think like a guy like Nick Bukestad would have been interesting, just because third line body. If if you don't know if, when if and when Peugeot will be back, mm-hmm. third body for the third line. Um, but uh, that he was traded for some prospect I've never heard of and a third rounder. So maybe the Islanders didn't want to give away Bulldog or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I really, the, I mean, the fucking, the Orlov uh, Hathaway deal that the Bruins picked up was like kind of fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. That's I, just, I also uh, on, on trades where it's, Ooh, that that's nice. I think the, the, Bertuzzi deal, uh, what was it, a first and a fourth for Bertuzzi that the Bruins, you know, pulled off. I also think that that was, uh, you know, works pretty well in their favor. Let's see here. Let's see. And I, th- I think the first was conditional. It might be top ten protected. Conde- um, yeah, conditional first round pick in twenty twenty four and a fourth round pick in twenty twenty five. I think that that's a pretty good uh, good gamble. For sure. I think um, another another good one, one that came in today was the uh, really I hope it doesn't help them in the uh, in the playoff race. But the, the Sabres getting uh, Jordan Greenway, I thought was mm-hmm. a they're they're great. Like in, in all the scoreboard watching, they feel like uh, they're 
their offense is just able to outscore any mm-hmm. defensive issues they have. And, and, and long-term that, that probably won't bear out but this season right now. It's just like, it's fucking crazy. I haven't watched enough Sabres games this year to really understand if the issue lies with their defense more than it lies with their goaltending. Um, but the few Sabres fans that I am friendly with um, seem to all lean towards the issue is goaltending. But I also think that a lot of hockey fans like uh, immediately default to blaming the goaltender. As we've seen people, you know, doing to Sorokin all year long as he pitches like the Great Sorokin. Wild season. Great Sorokin. Um, another no deal I liked was uh, Oilers getting Ekholm. I think I think that's a guy that like one of the things that's killed the the Oilers is is when the puck's in their own end. That's a guy that I wanted for the Islanders, but when I saw his productivity and his cap hit, I was just like. There's no way that's gonna that's gonna work, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, Islanders Islanders aren't gonna have the assets for him, but I think that's a great deal for the uh, great deal for the Oilers. Um, as far as oofs oofs that haven't been mentioned, um, I'm trying to see if, see if any of the Toronto any of the million Dubis deals are oofs. I wanted to say the the Ryan O'Reilly deal was an oof in it and it may become one, but he has been pretty good for them. That's a deal that you won't know. You won't know until the playoffs because maybe, maybe the playoffs come around and him being their third line center. Cause they basically said they've just been like putting him with Tavares as, as like, uh, as an onboarding thing, yeah, like, like letting him get, yeah. and then like eventually they want to get Tavares, especially cause like this could be the last, like, run high high end high end Tavares year and it seems like this year in particular is huge for everything for for that entire crew because I know Matthews is due a new deal after next year so like it just seems like a lot of energies in future Arizona King Austin Matthews yes um oof I mean I'm I'd like to I'd like to think that it's going to be very oof city um, the amount of of assets that the the Rangers have given for Tarasenko and uh, yes. and and Kane, I, I'm I'm praying on it being Oof City. I mean, the thing is, they like did they make any moves that marketedly improved their their penalty kill or their defense? Doesn't seem so. Doesn't seem so. So they're 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 praying that, I guess. Sorokin, uh, uh, Shesterkin yeah. rediscovers his game, which is possible. But it's also it was always he he was never going to have the season that he had last year again, like mm-hmm. by definition. Which is why it was so beautiful that they didn't win the cup. Yes. Um, and I, I mean, and any other oofs? Um, I, I I'm not sure if there's any. I mean, the the Vancouver Canucks are just it's a, it's an oof to me that they did not trade more than they did. Yeah. Oh, especially given that they flipped the Islanders pick for Hronik. Um, Hronik, Bovillier, and Ratu for Horvat seems pitiful compared to – and obviously I'm biased to think that the trade was 
cool, <laughs> but uh, and worked out in our favor. But I do think that that uh, borders on oof territory. Well, and, and to me, like like her, like those are both like Hronik seems like a like a like he seems like a, a second pair defenseman. Like mm-hmm. he's, but he seems like like the the Canucks need to do a full rebuild. Yeah, they they're not it, going to. It seems like they're doing the uh, retool for the tenth time in you know eleven years. So I don't. Yeah, I mean that's just I honestly when you see everything everything that went down, including the Boudreaux, Boudreaux stuff. Yep, just thinking that. Like everything that went down with Vancouver this year shows you, and I don't think I don't think Lou is perfect. I don't. I don't like billionaires periods. So I don't like, I'm not going to dap up Ledecky ever. No. Um, but it just, it goes to show you that like, you want to see like a, a, a poorly run organization. They're out there. As far as functionality mm-hmm. and, um, and environment. Mm-hmm. It's fucking Vancouver. Like Jim Rutherford is the old bastard that people think Lou is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I also I do appreciate Lou's uh, Lou is so old school, uh, just New Jersey Italian businessman that he's simply no nonsense. Even down to the stuff that people complain about, like the numbers thing or the facial hair and like hair stuff, that it just seems like he uh, intrinsically maneuvers around anything that is going to cause like a media circus or any type of like you know uh waves that will ripple into the organization or into the locker room so with lou uh not that patrick kane wants to play on the islanders but you avoid something like patrick kane playing on the islanders or you avoid something like bodie wild showing up and you know being unvaccinated or whatever um, and uh, and it's not even like a a moral thing. It's it, that stuff is bad business. And I think well, just from yeah. a business perspective, like he he opts to avoid that type of thing. I mean, it's it's rare. Like on that point, it's it's interesting that you bring that up, just because it's like, um, yeah, it's it's bad business. Like something that I think, like in general, with like just life philosophy is like one of the things that I find befuddling about capitalism is that like it would be beneficial to be more uplifting and, and, and uh, like collective, like uh, collectively, like collectively inclusive opens you up to a lot more. Symbiotically. It's like symbiotically, like, uh, like with a focus towards symbiosis Mm -hmm. and uh, like it's exactly, he, he, it's, it's not, he's not going to assert any that this is, we need to be a fully, like a fully dressed team this is what will keep us healthy. It'll keep my old ass alive. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. fucking shut the fuck up. Just, just do it yeah. or go to, go to Siberia. Sweden. See you later. Yep. See ya. Yeah. And like, you know, and also like, apparently when they had that fucking ridiculous, uh, blue lives matter, oh, yes. uh, adjacent, like, uh, Horrid. uh, tweet during the, the George Floyd, Black Lives Matter protests that mm-hmm. Andrews Lee then had to step up yes, and like King Andrews Lee. Um, he, the reporting that Staple did said that did not come from you know that mm-hmm. that came from above Lou's pay grade. That that yes. th- so that's not that wasn't Lou being like mm-hmm. make sure that we 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 stay out of this or we only wade into this issue this way. Yes. Um, so you know um, 
really quick, uh, we're gonna, I think we're gonna start to deplatform here, uh, deplane. Okay. Uh, just quickly, great, great Andrew Gross tweet. It just state of the Islanders and great thing about Islanders, great thing about um, Andrew Gross, the beat writer for the team. <laughs> Tweeting reasonably confident, Isles did not make any further trades today. This is the team. This is the way. <laughs> Love him. Um, the, I guess the last true, the final true Isles beat writer. So ahead, I mean, let's look uh, the a week within the next week. Let me t- let me see the next bracket here for the Isles, the Isle, the Island boys, the boys of the Isle. The once and future Island boys. Um, so they have Detroit the, over the next uh, eight days or eight-ish days. Um, Detroit tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Gonna um, supposed to be there Tuesday night. Um, they're playing uh, home game against Buffalo. Huge game. Huge game. I'm fuck. I'm playing a show uh, in Ardmore, PA. Philly adjacent people, people that know them, tell come to the show. Make sure that they have MSG Go um, on their phone so that I can watch the game when I'm not uh, playing my set. Um, watch the game during your set. Just put it. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to need to borrow their phone for yes. for the set. Um, you can put it on a little riser next to the next band. next Thursday. Off day for me. Not an off day for the Islanders. They're in Pittsburgh. Let's pwn them. Let's pwn them one Gotta more time. Let's make let's make the beat writers cry. Let's let's make uh, you know um, let's make uh, Mario Lemieux write write an, write an appeal to excommunication to the league one more time. Ross Johnston just really cucking the whole franchise. <laughs> um, and and then a week from tomorrow, the Caps, which at this point now seems like less of a all those other games are actually have a, a couple weeks ago. I penciled that game in as like the biggest game the Islanders are going to have. Now all these games are big, and that Avalon. one, that one is is has is below. I think all four, all like all four of those. Okay, how so, many how many points would would you obviously you would like to see the full uh, the full eight? But how many points do you think the Islanders walk away with after this stretch of four games? I think I think it has to be so it has to be uh it has to be six and and it has to be via three wins. They need like they they can't regulation. Ideally ideally regulation, but to me they just need the numbers because like mm-hmm. six like six points with two wins and two overtime losses or whatever, that means those other teams got points. These are all they have four four point games ahead of them. This is, this is fucking, you know, and, and this is where we'll fucking find out. So I'm, I'm pretty fucking excited. I, I believe, I believe in the team. I believe in the team. I think Detroit, um, I think Detroit's going to be a little bit wounded just from the fact that Iserman made a lot of like, Mm -hmm. uh, selling oriented moves. Um, Buffalo, I mean Buffalo's I think going to be the biggest game because that's that's the one where the energy's right. Even though they've had some good showing, good showings, they got their asses handed to them by by Tampa uh, mm-hmm. the other night. Thanks for once, you pieces of shit. Um, but they to me like they they have they have the vibes, kind of like the Islanders. They have the vibes. 
For the Islanders, it's you, you never believed in us. And for the Sabres, it's we haven't we haven't even been this close yeah. this late in a while. So and ideally, I'd like the Sabres to make it and the Penguins to miss. Mm-hmm. Um, so I See, yeah, actually, I don't know about that. I think I fear the Sabres in the playoffs a little bit more than I might fear the Penguins in the playoffs. Yeah, I just I, I just I think there's a chance the Sabres get to the playoffs and like implode. Don't get calls. Mm-hmm. You, you see what happens when like. Scott Mayfield's able to, to 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 be a prominent player in the league. Yes, <laughs> like I think uh, we'll see how they go. But but yeah, I, I I think it's close. Like I wouldn't be surprised if if their youth and legs out outpace just the way that beyond Crosby, I'm not sure there's much Crosby and Gensel, <laughs> and the fact that Tristan Jar playoff Jari. I ooh. love playoff Jari personally. Huge fan of playoff Jari. Enter shit Jari. Ooh, like it? Okay, Love it. let's close with let's. Uh, old friend of the pod mm-hmm. was announced since the last episode. How are you feeling about our old large craniumed friend, Mister Barreled Barry Trotz, becoming the next general manager of the Nashville Predators? I am very, very happy for him. Um, That uh, leads me to believe that uh, his departure was maybe more mutual than it had seemed. And maybe it wasn't necessarily a mercy firing, but it was a um, agreed upon. This is the direction I see my career going. And, you know, Lou, this is the direction I see the team going and what I'm looking for in a you know, coaching situation. And I think that maybe it was a like more mutually beneficial departure than uh, it was sort of made out to be. Um, but I'm happy for him. I know that, uh, you know, Nashville is his home. I know that he cares, you know, deeply about Nashville. That's like where he, you know, lives with his family. So that's, that's cool. Good for him. I like to see, I like to see my old friends win, you know? Yeah, I, I think I think uh, it's nice. It it does it does again. You know the whole Islanders Lou cone of silence. It does kind of uh, allow some, at least, if not recontextualization, re- like it reopens the the interpretations of of that. Mm-hmm. Where it's like because it is one thing. Like I don't think it was an outright you know mercy fire. Mm-hmm. I do think. I believe, you know, he said on one of those podcasts, the podcast that he did, like he was ready to coach next year. And I think that was true, but was he ready? He was ready to coach to come back and coach next year. He was ready to come back and coach. Yes. Next year. Yes. Was he ready to? Yes. And, and it was the final year of his contract also. Was he ready to, you know, if if it came to it, like, and Lou was like, look, this is the time to strike for this team. Mm Mm-hmm. It's not, there's no guarantee it's going to be next year. This is going to have to be a thing where we're going to probably have to try to make this a, a three-year thing, yeah. a three-year shot. I think that that is a, maybe not a safe assumption, but a, a, like a fair assumption to reach. Given what we've seen from Lou in his tenure with the Islanders and prior with his proclivity to like, we were just talking about bring in players that he is interested in extending. Lou does not seem to ever 
opt for the rental route or like the short, like incredibly short term route if he has the option otherwise. And mm-hmm. I think if Barry was not willing to commit to maybe more than a season or more than two seasons in a way that, you know, aligns with Lou's timeline, because Lou is also getting old. Like yeah. you like at a certain point he's going to be retiring as well. He's operating on his own career timeline. I think it was potentially a situation where Barry's timeline did not align with Lou's timeline and it that was a bridge that could not be crossed. It it could also be like for, for that for Barry to extend for whatever they wanted. Yes. He he was asking for an amount that that clearly indicated he really wasn't well, yeah, wasn't interested. Yeah. Wasn't interested and you know to your, what you said he's not a rental guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Barry after the Carolina years, after that first year was like we need more pop up front. And I imagine as a coach it's like you can be like all right, I get your vision is I don't want to do rentals. Yeah. But if if a non-committed high-end guy could have just like been the Kawhi Leonard of them for yes. one for one run mm-hmm. and they and that was all they needed, uh, mm-hmm. I can imagine it, it being like, all right, this is how you do business. I'm real yes. other factors with, with Lou, like uh, Bear, sorry, go ahead. Uh oh, but okay, so so that and then uh or the combination of that with, okay, the way that Barry coaches is, or given now what we've seen from Lane Lambert, it appears that the way Barry was coaching the team was playing to the team's weaknesses and, or the, the weaknesses and deficiencies of the roster and structuring the team's game to like mask and conceal the weaknesses of the roster, which is very effective. But you can imagine that, you know, if he's asking for more pop up front, he wants more pop up front so he can start to run the structure of the team and the structure of the games a little bit differently and not being given the opportunity to do so ends up you know generating a rumored rift between the room and him where people like it's rumored that Barzell wanted you know a coaching change yeah, uh, yeah and wanted a more offensive structure to the team you know like i'm sure Barry would have liked to open up the offense more than they did, but felt that it was not in the best interest of winning hockey games. And he proved that he was able to get that team and those rosters to win hockey games. If if it was exhausting for the players, I don't think Barry Trotz was like, yes, I can't wait to just, he, yeah. it, he probably, I can't he, wait to bum these guys out. He seems like such a, like a, a like a, a, a chill guy. I'm sure, I'm sure as a coach, he's, and I know with, with, with Washington, like I, by the time he was done there, there were some talks that he, like some of the guys in the room were tired of him, but he, also that's different. I, that, that's just a different group of guys. I could picture highest end guys being annoyed and yes. thinking like, no, we should play a different way. And him being like, no, I'm here because you got your way. Did it work? Mm-hmm. So like, um, I think like Barry has his cup. He, he has his cup. Yep. Got to have it. Can't take it away. So doesn't need to doesn't need to like fill the resume that way. He he just lost his his it was his mom that passed away, right? Or his dad? I be- yes, I believe his mom. So just the emotional strain of that and the reflection of your life. Like, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And all the, of that coupled with the weird disaster season. Yeah. And it's just like, okay, I don't, I don't fucking 
the fact that what I've done with this team by it's already has like, I think that's like part of his story. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, so becoming a GM doing it in Nashville, a place where he loved living, mm-hmm. you know, a place where his, uh, his son, his, uh, his, his special needs son, you know, is familiar with grew up, um, you know, can, can re probably, probably, um, you know, if, if there, if there's a big, if there's a forever move after the inconsistency of coaching, the, mm-hmm. the inconsistency of who knows where, where I have to move, where GMs get a little bit more time. I think, I think trying it, trying it in a place he's familiar. Mm-hmm. And I think like, there's something, there's something nice. I just also think it's cool. David Poyle has been the guy there forever. And like, Nashville is, would you say it's fair to say Nashville is the longest standing, successful, um, atypical hockey market? Um, I think that's, that's probably fair. Yeah. But consistently so, like, I feel like it's consistently better than like LA, LA comes and goes. I think you could make the argument for Carolina maybe, but I don't yeah, like similar. Carolina, so I'm going to say that it's Nashville. It's similar, and I think I think Nashville's been cooking a little longer. Like yeah, I feel I like so about like a decade or so they've yeah. been. So it's just it's cool to see that like that franchise get to build its story. And Barry, he didn't. I, I'm so curious. I'm fascinated to see what Barry. Everyone has different ideas what a Barry Trotz team is. Mm-hmm. But he now gets to actually dictate, construct the team. Yeah, interesting. And I think, and also also gets to bring in a coaching staff that he feels will execute his vision of what a hockey team should look like on the ice. That's interesting. And and Nashville and Poyle is doing him a solid of of stripping a lot of like mm-hmm. trading the team for yeah, a lot tr- and giving him a lot of fat. draft yep. draft capital. So mm-hmm. it's I'm I'm excited. I'm I'm happy for the large skulled man. Um, yes. forever an Islander in our hearts. Mm-hmm. Um. But uh, Beal, appreciate you you coming in. I might send you the uh, the file if, if Mike hasn't sent his audio yet. You don't really have to edit, yeah, edit it at all. You can j- if you feel like dropping music in. If you want to just keep me saying music, 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 um, music, music is pretty good. You, could, I, you can. I think music into music, music, music is kind of funny. Yeah, I might, uh, I might do. That. I think that'd be good. But Isles, oh wait, wait, okay. Just quick snapshot. Yes. Are the Islanders making the playoffs in your mind? Yes or no? One hundred percent. Same. No Let's go, mind, Islanders. Let's anybody go that Islanders. doubts, anybody that doubts, anybody that said they should have traded Sorokin, everybody that doubted them, still, everybody that complained about Max Domi, shut the fuck up, shut get the off the bus. You, you're locked out. Sorry, bud. Come back next year. Peace. See you you have to season. apply. You have to apply, and we're going to vet you, and you're going to have to apologize. Yeah. Eye contact. We're, we're going to need your address. We're going to need uh, address, number, social, uh, list uh, of apology fee, members, apology fee. Yes. Oh, the apology fee, application um, fee, application there's, there's fee. A lot, there's a lot of eye contact fee, mm-hmm. um, betrayal fee. Yes. So keep that in mind. It's going to be costly. You, you might you might be able to come back in, but it'll cost you, as it should. Let's go Islanders. Let's go Islanders. L L L L I L I. It's strong island for real, where the critters run wild. The prefix is five one six, the top of the dial. Flew the LI sound from the villa down under and across the globe. I heard a lot of folks wondering. So when's it coming? Cause the stakes is high. See big money to wage. Don't put the pen to my page. It ain't nothing wrong to stand still or relax. And spending some of that cash that Uncle Sam is.